right, welcome back to our Book Talk segment of the day. Great to welcome back a man who's been with us a few times before. Always has these great uh, kind of recipe and cookbooks uh, that come out that uh, feature uh, food we all like. And this is uh, no different there. Is his latest. It's called Nachos for Dinner, Surprising Sheet Pan Meals for the Whole Family Will Love. We also talked to him about his previous books on uh, tater tots and uh, s'mores. And the great Dan Whalen joined us by a telephone once again. And, Dan, good to talk to you. How have you been? I'm great. Thanks for for having me on, and always excited to chat about nachos. I know we had, we had you on with the uh, the book on tater tots. Uh, I guess that was the the most recent one, right? And before that, uh, on the s'mores. So uh, you followed up with a, with another great item, and of course the Super Bowl coming up this week. People planning their meals for the game, parties, and all that kind of thing. And I guess nachos are uh, fitting right in with that, don't they? Yeah, it's uh, it's always been a, a classic game day food, so it really just makes sense. What, what now? I've always heard of nachos growing up. Everybody has. Is that one of those foods that's kind of an Americanized version of Mexican food, or or is that something that has been around a while? I know you talk about it in the book a little bit, but uh, have we Americanized that, or yeah, is this sure. pretty much no, Mexican? <laughs> it's very Americanized for sure, and commonly seen at most uh, sports bars. It originally was created in the '40s in Piedras Negras, Mexico, which is right on the border of Texas, and uh, it was created when some army wives went over and I uh, wanted to have a snack and the restaurant was closed. And so the the guy who was working there was like, I'll, I'll whip something up for you guys. His name was Ignacio Ayana and he named it after himself, basically. Right. <laughs> Nacho special. And it, it took off from there. It really took off. And uh, it became, it spread across the country, especially by uh, in stadiums. A lot of the like pumping cheese sauce that, he just squirt out onto some chips. Yeah. Really uh, got popular at a lot of baseball games. And yeah, now the version that we expect at SportsFlies is definitely Americanized. And actually, when I went to Mexico, uh, I saw on a lot of menus, they would, be, they, they would have their nachos listed as nacho gringos. So like you could get the Americanized nachos in Mexico, but they're basically gringo nachos. Now, uh, it's a relatively inexpensive type of meal, too. So, I mean, that, that's probably one of the things that made it popular other than the taste, right? I mean, it doesn't cost a lot to make a meal from nachos. Yeah, it's really, um, really simple. And it was the first thing I ever learned how to make. You know, we always had chips and cheese on hand as a kid. I would come home from school and throw it in the microwave. So. Sure. Uh, I think that also helped it get popular for sure. Um, yeah. But what you've done, and, and this book has, a, I guess, close to 100 recipes, whatever is in there. There's so many different varieties that I think a lot of people probably haven't thought of. It's a lot I hadn't thought of. And you break this one down again uh, as your previous books into uh, you know the appetizer uh, uh, kind of uh, way of putting them together. You can also do sandwiches. You can make it into uh, full meals and also into uh, desserts. So you really have a full gamut here. Right. So and because I wanted to focus on it being for dinner and kind of like switch it from being more known as the appetizer to an actual whole meal, that's why I wanted to bring in the idea of like what are classic sandwiches, what are classic dinners, what are classic uh, salads and everything that people have, and then turn all those into nachos by breaking down what the ingredients are and then putting them on top of chips, basically. A lot of these involve, obviously, chicken and uh, ground beef, of course, and uh, different kind of vegetables and, and that kind of thing, even fish. You have a one with, with tuna on there. How, how did you kind of just get into a test kitchen, uh, Dan, like you do with the other ones, or how did you put these together? you got some great recipes. 
it's a, it's a lot of the stuff that I've, um, it's just what I love, you know? So I, I took what I love and, and put them on nachos. And like I mentioned, like try to think about what, what people are eating for dinner and how to, how to transform that into a nacho, uh, specifically say like a cod salad. Okay. Well, we got chicken and avocado and hard boiled eggs and blue cheese. So like, can I put that onto chips? Yeah, I can. And, now it's cop salad nachos. <laughs> yeah, I guess the thing is, anything uh, you put on the actual chip itself makes it a, a nacho meal. Now, the chip itself, I guess, you have a couple of you know, chapters in the book about actually uh, preparing uh, chips, right? Or you can make your own, or I guess you can get some store-bought ones, but it's probably better if you make your own or at least add to the ones you buy, right? Yeah, I think making your own specifically makes them really nice and, and sturdy. And that means they can hold a lot of ingredients without getting soggy. But uh, there has been a lot of new brands out there that are basically the same as making them homemade, which is really nice. Um, and they they get they hold a lot of, of toppings, which is important. Yeah, you want them kind of large enough where you can pick them up, obviously, right? Uh, you know, it's, it's a food you eat with your fingers. Most people do, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and not everyone needs to be um, eaten with your fingers, but yes, I try to make sure. But I will say a smaller chip is honestly tends to be better because a lot of those chips at the store, they're huge. Yeah. And they're already all broken before you even get home. So I That's like true. triangles and I like them to be like more bite-sized triangles. So that way when you're laying them out on your sheet pan and putting all the toppings on, you can really... Um, evenly disperse the toppings amongst all the, the chips. You also had some, uh, uh, like we said before, dessert nachos, which uh, I guess I hadn't really thought of it that way. But, yeah, you can put any kind of uh, sweet on it, and it makes a kind of a nice little, uh, almost like a pie or a pastry, right? Yeah, and I, I did some without traditional chips. So, like, I used a pie crust, and I cut it into triangles and baked it, and then I topped it with a little bit of apple pie filling. So you have all the different sweet components of an apple pie, but just served a little in a little different, unique way. And even breakfast, uh, chicken and waffle nachos. i got to try that one. I like that. I've never had chicken and waffles. i never heard of it until I came to Florida, but uh, it looks good. <laughs> have you had that one? I know you, you did the recipe, but have you tried that for yourself? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I especially I love getting that in California. I've had it so many times, and I um, – that's one that it's a little loose with the definition of what nachos are because I use the, the chicken and the waffles kind of as their own chips in a way. Right. And topped it with like hot sauce and maple syrup. But uh, but I just was having fun with the, with the different ideas and um, to, to call it nachos was, it was fun. And it it's towards the end of the book where I start to do a lot more substitutions where I'm not using chips as much and I'm just kind of like having fun and putting sure. different piles of food together in, in new unique ways. And again, at the end, you also have the, you know, for people like me who aren't uh, particularly great cooks, but you have all the information there, conversion tables and the measurements and all that. So uh, even if you don't really don't know how to cook much, right, Dan? I mean, your books are that kind of set up that way. Uh, it helps people like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to really give people the option of how much they want to do on their own or not, because I think it's important to just be be doing something in the kitchen, right? If, even if you buy all the components and all you're doing is like layering it up together and putting it in the oven, 
then uh, that's enough because that's what you have the capacity to do and you're still making it your own and uh, it, it's great. And it's also, uh, we mentioned before, not a very expensive meal, but also uh, easy to prepare and time-wise, right? I mean, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes at the top. You're not cooking for four or five hours to put these together. Right. A lot of them are definitely pretty approachable time-wise. And I use, actually, um, I use a lot of leftovers when I make nachos. Sure. Especially, like, if I have chips and cheese cheese on hand, I open the fridge, look what's around there, and just throw it on on the chips and, and call it nachos. Yeah, great, great ideas and the great recipes in the book. Again, it's called Nachos for Dinner, surprising uh, sheet plan meals for the whole family. The whole family will love, and Dan Whalen has been our guest and another one of his great books. I believe this is number five in, in the series. But, Dan, once again, give out your website, if you will. People get more information about the book. Yeah, uh, my website is thefoodinmybeard.com, and you can find me on social media at TFIMB, which is the initials. The food in my beard. Great, yeah, I should have mentioned that before. The the food blog is uh, doing great, and uh, and uh, I believe uh, the corner of the notes here, the video on your quesadilla bun burger is doing really well. Fifty million views. That's uh, that's envious of all of us who are on YouTube. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> Dan, thanks for being yeah, with us and eye catching stuff. Yeah, well, I know you're working on another book soon, so we'll have you on when that's out. But thanks for being with us today. <laughs> Thank you so much, and have a good one. I'm Stan Brock. 30 years ago, I formed Remote Area Medical to help people overseas. But then we found generations of families in America isolated by poverty from the health care they need. Together, we can take dental, vision, and medical help to a million adults and their kids right here at home in the United States of America. 